Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Welcome in. Happy to have you with us here on this Monday morning here on KMBZ. Uh, after a Chiefs win that we will get to uh, here in a couple of minutes, what did and did not make news out of that game that we will certainly talk about. What do you mean? I, I have no idea. <laughs> um, yeah, everybody kind of making the same joke online over the weekend about Travis's injury. So we'll get to that here in a second. Um, but we were remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about Israel. I know you heard the latest out of ABC News, but the latest death toll I saw was 1,100 a yeah. few minutes ago. And yeah, it's been complicated by a couple of, uh, of particular strikes, one on an apartment block and another on the Jabalia refugee camp, uh, which has left reportedly hundreds dead as well. Uh, so there is now what Israel's calling a total blockade of the uh, uh, of the uh, Gaza Strip, especially Gaza City, where a lot of the violence was centered. And there's action to uh, reports of tanks moving north. I mean, it, it is... Um, I mean, as, as Benjamin Netanyahu said over the weekend, they consider themselves now in a state of all-out war. Yeah. Um, the other thing it's affecting a little bit, too, based on some sites that I follow, is that, like, Germany had to close its airspace for a while this morning and cancel all the flights or ground everybody for a while because of threats from Iran. It, it's going to ripple effect a little bit. Oh, without doubt. So. And it's, you know, we were talking about this a little bit in the newsroom just a little while ago as well, that the the problem is that it's expanding beyond the borders of Israel, not in terms of physical fighting, but in terms of who's getting involved. Like you said, the Germans yeah. had to close their airspace for a while. China is now making noise, calling for the creation of a Palestinian state and, and in fact, effectively inserting themselves into this as well. All officially that has been said out of, the, out of the United States and out of the White House in particular is that we stand four square by Israel and its right to defend itself, which is kind of nonspecific. And, mm -hmm. and it's just a restatement of our policy as it's been for going on 70 years now. So uh, not much has changed there. But when you start to see players who are seemingly uninvolved like China start to make diplomatic noise about all of this, it's mm -hmm. a signal that this is being viewed as much more serious than previous conflicts around the world. And at least nine U.S. citizens were killed in that attack. And so that matters to us also. Absolutely. And there are also many reports of Americans being held hostage in the Palestinian territories, which yeah. is before very long. And it, I mean, understand as I'm sure you do, Jamie, that, that there are thousands and thousands and thousands of Americans who visit Israel every year. So it's not out of bounds, the idea that there would be many, many Americans on the ground there. A lot of right. close ties in between the two, a lot of family connections. Uh, and and so there, there is harm's way, uh, without doubt. And it remains to be seen how much that's going to demand a response by the United States. The other thing we're hearing about now, and I've just got CNN up just to watch their scroll of news that's coming in. The only hospital that's functioning in Gaza is out of service now in the 
I won't attempt pronunciations here, but a particular neighborhood because of continuous airstrikes now is out of service. They said nine ambulances have been targeted since Saturday. Yeah. and the, uh, You can't get medical teams in there either. Well, sure. And the real problem is even if you do, you're taking them to a hospital that doesn't have any power. Right. Right. All right. So we'll follow updates and see what else comes out of this today. If there's any kind of a news conference or anything, we'll we'll attempt to carry that for you. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what more comes out of this today. All right. On to better news uh, from the weekend, of course, is that um, Chiefs won. That yes. was nice. <laughs> yeah, and and I think a much closer game than a lot of people expected. Uh, that Minnesota, yeah. you know, put up a fight there for a while, and I mean, going into the half uh, tied at thirteen, the Chiefs did pull away in the second half. But there was that scary moment when Travis Kelsey just planted on the turf at uh, at, at the uh, Viking Stadium, and his foot collapsed. He was down on the turf for a while, but not only did he get up on his own. He jogged off the field, which was a yeah. very, very good sign. I don't know that they've said officially what the injury was. It looks like it was probably a mild ankle sprain. And he came back later in the second half and, and was absolutely fine. Caught a touchdown pass after that. So it was just one of those moments where you think, no. I mean, we all remember what happened in week one without Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones. So to see Travis down on the turf is never something that you want to have happen. But I, I don't I mean, it certainly didn't hobble him for the remainder of the game. And it seems like the kind of thing he's going to be able to walk off and practice this week. Although it is a short week. They play Thursday. Yeah. And we'll get to that here in a second. Um, so if you missed it, Taylor Swift was not there. <laughs> um, I, it, it, it's amazing how that affected coverage of the game. And it'll be interesting to see what the ratings are and the viewership was of this game because she wasn't there. And it looked like either it was a last minute decision or there was kind of a fake out there because there was, uh, there were reports that TV cameras had um, like masking tape up labeling their cameras and their, um, what do they call that? Their their cameras and their the screens, like where they would watch yeah. in the control booth that they have one ready for her, that there was one that was, that already had her Taylor's name was on one of those. Now, either that was um, wishful thinking uh -huh. or an expectation, but she obviously was not there. Just in case we have to have the Taylor cam. Wow. Oh, how the NFL has changed. So she wasn't there. And it was funny too. I mean, you made reference to this just a minute ago that I knew as soon as Travis yeah. was down on the turf, I knew it was only a matter of time before we started to see all of the, the, the ringing of hands online going, see, see what happens. Taylor Swift doesn't show up for the game and Travis gets hurt. And of course, not that one would have anything to do with the other, but uh, yeah, it, it started fast and furious as of Sunday afternoon. Uh, so she goes to, I believe it's Argentina to start the next leg of her tour in a month. It wouldn't surprise me if we don't see her at any more in preparation for, for that tour. Sure. But it just, there was, you know, the buzz was really high there for a couple of weeks and now we're hearing nothing about it with the two of them, which is maybe what they wanted. Yeah, it could very well be. And it would make sense. I mean, to quiet things down just a little bit. The other thing that I wonder is let's, let's look out a month. Okay. Mm -hmm. And and after she's done in Argentina and all of that, and back in the United States, do we start to see this again toward the latter stage of the season? And it is, is it at that point, if she starts showing up at games again, is it anywhere near the big deal that it was in the initial offing? I think it'll still be news, but I think that the idea that she would show up and watch Travis play football is not 
that, that's not going to be, oh, you know, the, the, the wholesale state of higgledy-piggledy that we've seen in the past. I think it'll be, it'll depend on how much we hear about the status of their relationship between now and then. Yeah. If there's nothing out about it and then she starts going to games again, it confer oh, like we didn't know if they were a thing and now maybe they really are. It's when it dies out for a while, that'll be, that'll be telling. Um, I, yeah, I don't, if she doesn't go to any games for a while and then goes back to them again, I think it'll. I think it'll be a, a thing, especially like if we make it to the Super Bowl and she goes like if that. Oh, sure. You know, like that's well, I telling. Mean, if, if you're the NFL, do you try to find a way to make her a part of it? It depends on how well they're doing at that point. <laughs> yeah, quite frankly, uh-huh. you know, we're, we're a new relationship territory and we've all been there. So things are a little fickle sometimes at the beginning. So I don't know if they want to interfere in that. Yeah, I, somebody on the text line just made note. Yeah, we talked about this last week that on the podcast that uh, Travis Kelsey had said, yeah, I think they're overdoing it a little bit. But he mm-hmm. also followed that up by saying, hey, look, that's entertainment, though. I mean, this, right. is, this is the big news story. So, of course, they're going to go a little nuts over it. Yeah. Um, and then real quick, um, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, there was a stat that I just liked. They've connected for 49 touchdowns since they've played together. That's the most by a duo in team history. Wow. And, I just thought they, that was a cool number. They haven't been playing together that no. long. That's the incredible no. thing about it. What's it been, five years? So 2017? Yeah, 2018? Yeah. So, uh, so at that, I mean, to have that many... Uh, I, I, you got to start looking at history in the NFL now and looking at some of the, like, you know, uh, Joe Montana and Jerry Rice, Steve mm-hmm. Young and Jerry Rice. I mean, the, at, at what point do they start approaching history, not only for the team, but for the entire league? Yeah. Yeah. It was just a cool, just a cool experience. So, all right. Uh, coming up, they do play on Thursday night. It's Denver. Uh, the Chiefs play at home on Thursday night. That's pretty cool. No rain expected. They've moved the rain to late Thursday night into Friday. I'm going to try to crowdsource and and get suggestions coming up. Um, Just by chance, I'm going to that game on Thursday. I have not been to, it's been about 10 years even since I've been to a Chiefs game, but certainly not since they've been this big of a deal and never on a weeknight. I'm a little twitchy about what the experience is going to be like getting to the stadium on a weeknight. And let's remember how early I wake up in the morning and I'm not particularly thrilled about having to get out of there after might have to sneak out a little bit early. If you have suggestions, 913-586-7798. We'll take a break. Get to that next here on KMBZ. Special guest here uh, coming up at 1030, a comedian that we've talked to before and had particularly a lot of fun with. She really is a good time. Yeah, Fortune Feimster is going to be with us. She's headed to town a little bit later this year. I believe it's in November. We'll check the date on that in just a couple. And uh, yeah, we're looking forward to the conversation. She's always a blast. If you have tips for going to a Thursday night game at Arrowhead, no, I'm not taking Friday off for the person that suggested <laughs> that that's how I could get through it. Yeah. <laughs> that's not really the answer. Like if, if I was going to take Friday off, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't go. Like it's not that it, and it's the early morning that doesn't affect the show. It's the early morning. That would be the harder part. Um, but I've never been to a weeknight game and we talk all the time about the troubles with traffic getting to and from Arrowhead. And so on a Thursday night, it is the part that I'm dreading, especially I'm going with people, but I'm driving separately because I very likely will leave early so that I can get out of there before everything goes crazy at the end. So how early do I need to leave my house on the plaza to get there for the start of the game? Well, is, is there going to be tailgating involved or are you just no. parking and walking right in? 
I'm probably just I'm I'm probably just going right in. Okay. I'm probably not. Um, if there is, I'll adjust accordingly. But I'm probably I'm probably not tailgating on a weeknight. So when it yeah, I understand. Uh, so <laughs> so when it comes to you know back ways in, I mean, granted, there's only so many points of entry. But right. when it comes to the ones that, especially if you are showing up late and it's an evening game like that, uh, whether it's a Sunday night game, a Thursday night game, are there ways? Are there you know gates and things like that that you should head toward rather than you know going other ways that might be a little bit more congested? I also would understand if somebody said, well. If you go, like, if you leave your house at three, you could get there at four. And yes, you're there a lot early, but you're avoid a lot earlier, but you're avoiding the headache of sitting in traffic for two hours. I'd rather sit in a parking lot for a couple hours and like show prep and do whatever, you know, than sit in traffic. It's also true that, that the earlier you get there, yes, you may end up with a parking space that's a little bit closer to the stadium. Mm-hmm. The problem with that is getting out. Because yes. everybody's getting out before you. You're the last one in line to get out. So it's it's always that gamble. If you want to get close, but you don't want to get real close. Feel free to text in uh, your suggestions here. 913-586-7788. Somebody said you need to leave at 11 a.m. <laughs> so uh, I'll, I'll take care of the second half of the show on Thursday. <laughs> Fantastic. Great. That's And then what do I do from noon until 7 p.m.? Right, right. How much um, how much do you like barbecue? Because I, I'm sure you're gonna find people who are gonna be more than willing to share. I feel like I should be doing a grocery run to bring snacks. I better bring like I better be fully prepared. And none of this sounds like fun, by the way. None of the stress of this sounds like a good time. So is it like what's the sweet spot? Yeah. Leave it like four? Yeah, because the game's what, 7.30 local time? Is that, is that when Sounds kickoff right. is? Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, because yeah, it was always 8.20 when I was uh, in Eastern time. But uh, given that, um, boy, you know, it's it's so hard to say because you just don't know. I mean, it's you got a couple of things working against you. First of all, Arrowhead's <laughs> always going to be packed. It's a Chiefs right. game. It's always going to yeah. be just crazy. Yep. Then it's Denver. And even yep. though Denver's horrible this season, which is great, that actually, I mean, they do t- tend to travel pretty well, especially here. So you might have some of them to deal with, although, you know, I don't know how many of them are willing to show their faces in public at this point. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just that division rivalry thing and it's national television and, 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 you know, mm-hmm. everything that could possibly make this game better attended than any other game, it's all in place. And it's going to be a nice night for a game. Yes. I mean, oh, it's that's also, also like the weather's going to be great on Thursday night. Assuming the rain waits I was until gonna, later Thursday night. <laughs> just going to say. They keep pushing it back later. Initially, yeah. it was going to be during the game. Now it's later at night. Which is fine. Right. Especially considering the fact that there may be lightning associated with that. And the last thing you want to have, especially for an evening game like that, if you're you and want to be here on Friday, mm-hmm. is lightning delays and things like that where you have to get out of the, the bowl of the stadium and go down underneath and all of that stuff. Because it just it takes forever to get the games restarted all right some of you are are texting and stuff that's not particularly helpful but we'll, we'll keep an eye on it i'm not renting a helicopter to pick me up and drop <laughs> and be dropped off i don't know what you think radio money is but it's not that yeah well and even the uber idea well yeah uh, yeah i don't know um because there is an uber like there, there's a there's a portal for that right where uber drivers can get in and drop I you off so. fairly close and then you know but as far as picking you up i mean they're still gonna have to fight with the same traffic granted right. you won't have to drive in it you can just sleep in the back of the car or whatever but you know it's still gonna be yeah there. yeah all right we might come back to this later in the week 
as I have time to research this a little bit to see if there's do's and don'ts that we can uh, we can get confirmation on. While we have a couple of minutes here, I wanted to talk about the story out of Overland Park and what the heck was going on this weekend with a bunch of kids shooting these airsoft guns, just running around shooting at people. Yeah, uh, not a good idea <laughs> for a million reasons that should be glaringly obvious. And now the fact is, I mean, they're cleaning up pellets. The, those airsoft pellets are all over the place in Overland Park. And, uh, I mean, according to, uh, who were they quoting here from Overland Park Police? I wish they had a name. Oh, yeah, uh, one of the people that was hit, Brandy Butcher, said, mm -hmm. reckless, stupid, and immature. Yeah, all three of those. Absolutely correct. Uh, she and her dog had been hit multiple times. The car fired those toy guns and then sped off. Um, so she saw a kid pulling a rifle looking thing in the car and the car took off running as many as five teens. They say were a part of the mayhem in Overland park. According to Fox four, they went and ran inside of an olive garden in the area after firing the gun. Okay. Let's talk that gives about you an idea where it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's is that the, the olive garden on Metcalf? It's like Metcalf in yeah. 95th. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about the wisdom behind slowing a car down, opening the window and pointing a gun out of it. Gee, who could mistake that for anything malicious? Yeah. Why run into an olive garden? <laughs> What's the, for the breadsticks, man. I mean, what does anybody I, go to olive garden? I, is it just, cause my question about that is like, do you think they're going to protect you there? Yeah. I, I doubt it. What's the, I, I don't, is it just the first place that you saw? It's probably the first place that was open. Uh, yeah. What time of night was this? Uh, Eight yeah. 8.30. 8.30 at okay. night. Yeah. There's not going to be a whole lot in that area on a Saturday night that's going to be open except for restaurants. Now there's more than one restaurant around there, but maybe they were just right. closest to the Olive Garden. Okay. So you sent me a picture of what these things look like and yeah. how easily they could be mistaken for real guns, mm -hmm. which is going to get you in trouble if you encounter police who aren't required to to have the luxury of knowing the difference. They or, see a gun, they assume it's a gun. Yeah, or if you encounter somebody else who's packing. Which has happened before. Sure. And and if you, I mean, look, if, if somebody is walking down the street and they are legally packing, if they're, you know, concealed carry uh, you know, eligible and all of that, and, and they have a gun and you slow your car down, open the window and point something that looks like that out the window, you're going to get shot. Yes. So I do not understand. Like, remember how kids just used to throw water balloons? <laughs> Can we not just do yes. that? Yes, I like, do. That's what we did. Right. You know, we threw water balloons at things. Snowballs. Frankly, we even, right, we even did that over bridges occasionally. But now kids throw rocks and shoot guns instead how bored are we uh and yeah I, a lot of the, the the only difference i mean if you're looking at one of these things and all you get is a quick glance of it the only notable difference that you would be able to see right away in general are the little orange tips that they have on the end of the barrel and then you paint one of them black or you snap it off or you do whatever to to make it look more realistic well that makes matters even worse yes um so if you, if you have teenagers, I would have a conversation with them. If you think these are your, if you know these are your kids, turn them in. No kidding. I mean, because of how badly and how dangerous this could be if they continue. To my knowledge, this was just on Saturday night.
I didn't see anything more that this continued on Sunday. No, and take those things away from them. If if this is the kind of reckless behavior that those kids are going to be involved in, they lose their privileges. Those things are gone. They have to be because, as I said, and, and people on the text line are backing this up as well. They said the same thing as it was coming out of my mouth is one of them's going to get shot. Yeah, yeah. So police are looking for them, trying to figure out who it is. Um, if they catch them, where's the charge here? They would be charged with... I thought aggravated assault is what I saw. Yeah, aggravated assault charges is what they're wanted on. Which so. is pretty serious, which means, again, and the, I would my guess would be that the police are doing that to try to protect the kids. It's I mean, getting shot with an airsoft is not fun. They sting a little right. bit. But really what they're after is they're trying to protect those kids from themselves because they're not thinking. Right. Uh, so, yeah, if you know anything, uh, be sure to contact police. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, we'll have a good laugh coming up here next on KMBZ. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It is really nice to be at the point post-pandemic where people now, entertainers, are coming back for the second time. In the last few years, it's really fun to be talking about this now. Yes, it is. And we have a special guest online with us to do exactly that. You know her as an actor, comedian. I mean, she's been here with us on the program in the not-too-distant past and will be here in town, which is the best news of all, as part of the current Live, Laugh, Love Tour. That's uh, November 30th at the Midland. Fortune Feimster, welcome back. Hi, you guys. Nice to talk to you again. Oh, it's so great to hear you. And and I want to, first of all, let's talk a little bit about how life is on the road for you right now. Uh, how, how goes the tour so far? The tour has been awesome. I mean, stand-up is in such a boom right now. There are stand-ups all over the country and all these clubs and theaters making people laugh. So I'm excited, you know, to be one of them, to be, to be doing these, these huge shows in these beautiful theaters. And it's pretty great. So talk to us about the act, uh, particularly if people have seen you before the last time you mm-hmm. came. How is the act different this time around? Well, the last time I was there, it was a whole different hour. That was the hour that people ended up seeing on Netflix for my last special called Good Fortune. Uh, this picks up where that left off, This, this uh, where that was like getting engaged, getting married. And this actually picks up with our honeymoon and how that kind of goes awry. Um, and just settling into life, you know, as a married couple, learning to uh, fight, learning to overcome challenges. I'm also dealing with, you know, my parents getting older, just sort of that more adult stage of my life. Uh, but this show's pretty silly, too. I'm I'm being more interactive. I'm, I'm doing um, the questions to the audience. We're talking back and forth with each other. So it's been, like, such a cool energy in these rooms. <laughs> 
that's got to be an interesting muscle to try to flex. I mean, you know, doing crowd work is something that as a comedian you have to do. And, and a lot of that happens, mm-hmm. especially early in a career, back in the old comedy condo days, right? So, yeah. <laughs> but but now that, you, you know, you've gotten to the point where I mean, you live your life out loud. And it's one of the things I like the best about watching you perform is that it's, it's all an open book. So mm-hmm. w- when it comes to that sort of interaction with the audience, how has that changed for you, given the fact that we now know so much about you? Well, it's interesting. When I was starting stand-up, you did crowd work when you didn't have any other material. Right. Um, <laughs> it, it was like the crutch that you would use to be like, all right, let's. what do you guys got, you know? Um, and I came from an improv background, so for me, crowd work was always fun, but it was kind of looked down upon. And now with TikTok, it is like, there is crowd work all over the internet right now. People are like coming to the shows being like, you know, well, ask us a question. You're like, okay, calm down. Um, so <laughs> people are kind of ex- expecting it now. Uh, but yeah, I think it's easier when, when people know who you are, they're familiar with you. You're not having to win them over as, as uh, much. They're kind of giving you the leeway to like find the joke, to talk with people um, and to just have like that familiar rapport with each other. I yeah. really like it. It's funny that you mentioned TikTok because that now, because I spend so much, a shameful amount of time on that app, that now is where I discover, right? It's where I discover a lot of entertainers that I didn't know about before, comedians and musicians and songs. How much pressure is that? How much more work is that for you to have to use that as a vehicle to reach people? I mean, all of social media is like a whole other job. It's um, wildly time consuming, not only to watch, but also to do. Uh, but it is the place where a lot of comedians are getting uh, recognized. There's a lot of, you know, people who aren't familiar with your work or stumbling upon your clips because they watch somebody else. Uh, you know, Matt Rice or somebody is all over the Internet. So oh, yeah. then, for, then the algorithm is like, well, let me show you another stand-up. And so it does work. I mean, people are having success in a way um that didn't happen back in the day uh so you kind of have to just learn learn it become a part of it um but i do feel like a grandma sometimes trying to figure out how to edit these videos <laughs> <laughs> yeah well see <laughs> and stand-up is such i mean it's, it's the pure form right i mean that it's you yeah. and the audience and it's the pure form of that kind of entertainment but you've had so much success on the small screen on the big screen and writing for television and, and all of that so there was mm-hmm. a lot that went into building that you know from improv all the way into where you are now and I wonder, oh, yeah. you know, comedy is such a great world because I know how close-knit, once you've made it, once you've earned the respect of your fellows, there's this big, like, everybody is in a, in a big hug. Everybody's supporting everybody else. Who was that mm-hmm. first one for you that said, you know what, you can do this, you're good, and and you're part of the club now? What kind of endorsements did you get from other comics? Um, I mean, I started stand-up in Los Angeles, which is, like, the hardest place to start, mm-hmm. um, at the comedy store. And I had a lot of the male comics um, really embrace me right off the bat. Uh, and, and they were vouching for me, you know, at the club, because to, to, you kind of move your way uh, from the small rooms to the bigger rooms. And they really helped, uh, you know, Brett Ernst is a big, supporter and like getting me in the the main room and and just being 
path to the comedy store was my first big milestone. In the industry, I was getting a lot of no's at first just because people didn't really know what to do with me at first. <laughs> uh, so, you know, because I was just different. And that was before being different was uh, was recognized and, and wanted. Um, but I would say Chelsea Handler would, uh, was obviously the first person in the industry who uh, said, yeah, you're different, and I like that. And yeah. she put me on her show for four years and that is truly what opened up all the doors and I have been working ever since. Uh, speaking of working, you have a very, very lengthy tour schedule. You know it better than I do about the number of dates that are on it. And I was looking through and noticed that you also were doing, there's a, there was a package of dates there in Australia and a couple in New Zealand that mm -hmm. you do as well. And I was just curious to know how much your act changed in going so far like that. And part of why I ask is because there are a couple of Australian uh, comics that I follow that when yeah. they do performances here, they make a lot of fun of Americans. And I'm curious to know how much oh, you, yeah. you do that when you're there. Well, I tried that. This, that was my fourth trip to Australia. And I one of my last trips, I tried to poke fun at them. And they were not having it as much. <laughs> um, so okay. I was like, okay, no taking. Um, so I, I used myself to poke fun of more, uh, but yeah, this time I felt like I, I finally got the hang of, of what they were into. Um, and it, I mean, it's not too different from the States. They're definitely a bit more reserved, you know, people in America, they just want to be part of the act. They're like, talk to me, you know, so, you know they want the attention where yeah. it, it, overseas, they're kind of like, no, you, you perform for us. We don't perform <laughs> for you. Um, and, uh, it was cool. It, it, and this time I got to go to a bunch of different, uh, cities within Australia. So. Um, I, you know, it's that Netflix reach. It, it goes all over the world, and it really opens up the opportunity to, to do more international stuff. Right, right. Yeah, so let me write the headline for you. Fortune Feimster says Aussies can dish it out, but they can't take it. Okay, good. good. As long as we got yeah. that. Now, I, I also want to talk a little bit about comedy writ large because we're in such a weird time right now. I mean, we need comedy. We need a break more, mm -hmm. than, more than ever before, and yet people are so much more willing to throw a hissy fit over absolutely anything right now and comedy is best when it's taking chances i see way too much safe comedy out there and i don't yeah. put you in that bucket but but it's it's got to be something that you think about when you're writing or do you just say no i'm gonna find funny and to you know and hang anybody who who finds offense to take in it i mean you know there's a handful of comics who can you know kind of talk about anything and they really push those boundaries but they have gotten to a place in their career where they can you know people listen to them and they have a huge platform uh for me I i've always been more interested in storytelling yeah um so i was never the comic that was like commenting on current events or what's happening in the world just because i feel like there are so many other comics more equipped to do that um, for me, I come from the South and, and we're storytellers and I grew up around a lot of eccentric people. So I just approach comedy from a place of like, what crazy things happen to me that other people can relate to. So, you know, it's, it's different than that kind of commentary, um, stand up. And, you know, you, you need voices like that. They're, they're supposed to be the ones that are the truth tellers, the ones that are pointing out hypocrisies, you know, the the George Carlins of the world are, are fewer and far between. Um, but, you know, it's it's a tough position to be in. 
to to be that person um and uh and yeah it's it's just not as prevalent these days but um that just was never quite my lane to begin with gotcha do you think at all about whether to keep it clean or not yeah, I mean, it definitely crosses my mind. I'm certainly not a squeaky <clears throat> squeaky clean comic. I mean, there are some cuss words here and there, but I definitely hear my mom's voice in the back of my head whenever <laughs> I say too many. Um, so I, I want my comedy to be accessible. I don't want to be, you know, dirty to the point where a, a large sect of people feel like they can't listen to it. I want it to be approachable. Um, so I'm not up there, you know, talking about Jesus. Um, but although I have talked about Jesus, <laughs> um, but I, I, um, I definitely am not being raunchy just to be raunchy. I, I use, uh, curse words, you know, here and there more for comedic effect than, than just to be dirty. Yeah. We, we already had an Andrew Dice Clay. We don't need another one. It's, it's, it's fine. I mean, yeah. You know, <laughs> well, but, but also I don't talk like. I don't talk like that in real life, you know sure. what I mean? So I feel like what you're saying up there kind of reflects who you are anyway. Well, we love who you are, and we're going to love seeing you on the 30th of November at the Midland Theater uh, right here in town. Fortune Feimster, is, is anything else coming up that we need to let folks know about? Have you got any more TV specials on the way? I know you're always working. I know. Well, I'll definitely have a lot coming. We've been in the actor strike for uh, several months, so... We're hoping to resolve that soon. I can get back to working. Uh, yeah. We will have another season of the show <clears throat> that I was doing for Netflix. So I'll be getting back to that probably sometime in the spring. Uh, for now, it's all about my tour, and that will lead to me filming another special um, at some point. Um, and then I, I have a new podcast that just came out with uh, Tigna Toro and May Martin called Handsome. And we're we're only seven episodes in. We're already over a million downloads, so it's really taken off in a way we did not expect. So um, that's been a cool new venture to to see where where that heads and what that you know maybe some live shows. I don't know what will happen oh, with that. That'd be fantastic. I love Tignatero to see the two of you on one bill. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, in. I'm in we, already. Yeah, we <clears throat> we giggle every, every episode. People talk about how much we're making each other laugh. It's really fun. Definitely. All right. We'll find it all at fortunefeemster.com. You can get tickets for the Midland Theater show on the 30th of November there as well. Fortune, again, thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate the visit. Thank you, guys. I'm excited to get out there again. You Good got to it. talk with you. Take care. We'll see you soon. Definitely. All right. We'll be back here in just a few minutes on KMBZ. Welcome in here on this Monday morning here on KMBZ. Okay. Um, so it has happened, they say, for the first time in this really popular tourist town in the UK, where a couple of women were trying to get to this really famous landmark on St. Catherine's Island, and they were following their navigation system to try to get there, and they started to realize that they were gonna have to squeeze through, it's not really a tunnel, it's a pedestrian walkway that has tall walls, and instead of stopping, before they try to go through, they 
they just hit the gas to see if they could make it. <laughs> yeah, they Clark Griswolded themselves right into, I mean, it, it is exactly like that scene from European Vacation, if you remember that movie where they get the Citroën stuck in Germany. Uh, it looks exactly like that. So you've got a stone wall on one side, and then a stone kind of like half wall on the other side that's almost exactly the size as a Nissan Juke. I say almost because that's what got stuck there. This is an American tourist because of course it is. <laughs> uh, this Nissan was a rental worth $20,000. And um, so you had two American visitors that they said initially they were trying to get to this popular town and they rent, they went the wrong way. And they said their navigation told them to go in this particular direction. So the car ended up wedged. I don't have a better, I don't have enough words to describe stuck. Yeah. But it is truly squeezed into, in between these two walls. Um, and they, so apparently this landmark is accessible from the beach at low tide, but not at high tide. Aha. Uh -huh. Can't get there at high tide. <laughs> or, or you can't get there this way. But they went anyway. Yeah. Uh, and it took, I mean, it took forever. They tried everything. They tried using a winch on the car to pull it out, and that didn't work. And they tried everything else. They, they were even at one point, according to one of the guys who responded to this, they were talking about cutting the car in half where it was and then just scrapping it. But it's a brand new Nissan Juke. They didn't want to do that because the damage that was done was minimal. It just scratched up the doors a little bit. But it was so wedged in there, so stuck, that there was nothing they could do to get it out. They also said the walls that they were stuck between are really, really old and historic. Uh-huh. And are protected by Victorian heritage status. So in the choice between damaging the walls or cutting apart the car, <laughs> they had to cut apart the car because the walls are protected. Yeah, it, it wasn't even a thought. And not to mention, I mean... Not only are those walls protected, they're also pretty sturdy because yeah. they don't seem any worse for the wear at all. But, yeah, I mean, one more time, we have GPS leading somebody down a footpath, which apparently happens from time to time. Now, I know a, a lot of the GPSs have walking directions, like Google Maps. Yes. You can do yes. walking directions. Is there a chance that that's what happened here, that somehow they had the wrong information input and it thought they were on foot? Maybe, but that would still be their fault. Yeah. Oh, well, if they sure. Absolutely. The wrong thing. Um, so they said, normally, I had to look up what this was. Normally, there is a bollard, B-O-L-L-A-R-D, on the footpath. And it's one of those poles yeah. that has the yellow marking on it, to, frankly, to keep you from driving down a footpath so that you know <laughs> this might look wide enough for a car, but this is designed for bikes and bicycles. Uh, that was out at the time. So they just drove down. And again, I come back to like what I've always been told, if you see water that you think is, is going to be too deep for you to go through, like even if you start to go through it, back up and don't keep going. Yeah. I, they just, this is the part that amazes me is that they, they heard that very distinct scratching sound on the sides of their car and they just kept going. They just hit the gas thinking they could just power through it and they just got more stuff. <laughs> yeah. Dummy. Uh, wait, when you hear the scratching noise, put it in reverse. You're yeah. not going to get through there. Just just back up. You're you're going to have to find another way around. Um so they eventually came up with a plan to free the car. They had to scrape mud from the footpath. Oh, they went underneath it. 
They had to scrape mud yeah. from the footpath so the car's wheels could get traction. It took more than four and a half hours to finish to drag the car back up the footpath to be towed away for repairs. <laughs> for repairs? Yeah, yeah, they're, they're going to probably end up putting new door skins on it and a couple of other things. But yeah, they, they didn't do enough damage to the car to make it completely unroadworthy anymore. What's the level of insurance that you buy to go with your <laughs> rental car yeah. that covers? I usually don't get extra insurance because I have pretty decent insurance as it is that just applies. But they tell you if you're in a foreign country, maybe get the extra insurance a little bit. I don't think anything covers this. It's one of the good things about going to Mexico is if you take an American car into Mexico, you have to. You if you don't if you go down there without Mexican insurance and you end up in an accident, you mm -hmm. get arrested. You go to jail for that. So uh, yeah, at least at that point, it's not it's not really a choice. But you're right. That's the only time that I would do it is if I was on foreign soil and they said, "Do you want the extra insurance?" Yeah, I do. It's worth the extra 15 bucks a day or whatever. It's usually not that expensive because you wonder how much they're going to be on the hook for now. Yeah. Especially because they are blaming navigation, but this was their fault. I mean, they don't, the car company's not, Nissan's not going to care whoever they rented this from. Yeah. Isn't going to care that GPS told them to go that way. No, it's just like we always say, you know, GPS be damned. You still have to look out the windshield. You have yeah. to look and see what's out there. Now, it does raise another bizarre little question, which is, why would you put in a removable bollard? They're sort of acting like maybe somebody had, had gone over it and like knocked it down. Oh, You're right. Okay. I don't know why it would be so weak that you could. Yeah. The, the point is for it to keep you from going down that path. Yeah. They, they, uh, the thing that I remember is after September 11th, 2001, those, those things went up everywhere. Um, mm -hmm. And actually, Oklahoma City didn't help either because they didn't want you getting close to anything. And they put them up around the arch. But they're big, huge concrete things that you're not going to drive through if you tried. Yeah. So, all right. Thanks, everybody, for getting this hour. Coming up the next hour, here's a way we could uh, solve kids' behavior problems on school buses. What about adding Wi-Fi? Get to that coming up here on KMBZ. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.
It's that time of year. Cash the ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops, getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.